Today's Huddle with your host, Terry Hamraddy. Hi, I'm Dave Taromeo, and we are on episode number three of Hamraddy's Huddle. And Terry, welcome back. Well, thank you, Dave. Good to be back, and uh, good to be talking to our fans out there. Yeah, I think uh, I think the fan will get some really good feedback from the first two episodes. But let's dive right in. You have some thoughts today about some some things that are going on in the, in the college sports world right now. Uh, let's start with the University of Michigan. What's going on there, Terry? Well, I think for, we could probably go back a little bit and see. You know, when you know our, our good friend uh, Jim Harbaugh got uh, penalized at the beginning of the year for recruiting problems, and you know, I thought it was one of these self-imposed. Uh, put they put on the head coach and and I I had to laugh when it first happened because I looked at the schedule yeah and they played East Carolina, UNLV and Bowling Green yep. and they suspended Jim for three games and those games they scored over a hundred points and they kept their their uh, opponents down to below total below twenty points so that was not not a big suspension they put on Jim right but there's a fine line as much as I dislike Michigan. Uh, there's a fine line between scouting a team and being illegal. Right. And, you know, I don't think the NCAA really defined it. I know they have some new rules now that that uh, you're not allowed to, I think it's the two games that you can go, you're allowed to uh, scout teams. Right. They try to balance the books with schools that didn't have as much money and couldn't travel as much. So they, you know, and, and obviously there's a lot now what you can do online with film exchange and, you know, like huddle, things like huddle where you can get, you, you can watch your opponent, right? Yeah, um, they, they try to keep their the people out of the, I mean, Michigan was unbelievable. They had... Um, mm-hmm. The one guy that uh, in charge of all this stuff had 11 games uh, where he uh, bought tickets to airlines and he bought uh, tickets to the games and he bought them on, on online. And I mean, he probably paid top dollar for them. But, uh, you know, th- those are things you, you wonder why you want to break the rules like that because Michigan is so such a talented team. And there's no reason for them to, to really do anything. People should be doing that against Michigan. They're that, they're that good, and so I don't know why Jim had to feel like he had to step out of the box. If you know, this is all this is all insinuation now. We're we're not sure. Nothing has been proven. Nothing. Nobody's guilty at this point. But uh, it sure points that way. It sure does. And the guy they're talking about is a guy by the name of Connor Stallions, who actually is uh, he's a military guy. And obviously, big Michigan fan. So hey, I doubt my I, I doubt myself that he was doing this on his own without the knowledge of the head coach. Um, but this is what's happened. Well, he uh, was on their payroll, also. Correct. So yeah. that all obviously shows the connection there. And and to be able, to, you know, going out to scouting bowl games and uh, scouting the opposing teams, like a, like on Ohio State, and you know, there's teams in the Big Ten that they really don't need to be scouted. You watch a couple games of film, and that's about it. And uh, you yeah. go from there. Well, here's the here's what's happened. So this guy Connor Stallions bought tickets to more than thirty games. Many of them were in the Big Ten and used quote illegal technology end quote to steal signs. Uh, he's been suspended with pay. I wish somebody would suspend me with pay. For, you know, I mean, what's the point of that? But um, yeah, Harbaugh has been entangled with the NCAA many many times. And I come back to you, you know, this cheating thing, and we, we, we can talk about the Patriots and you know what happened with them over the years because. Obviously, they were embroiled with a lot of cheating controversy, and I frankly believe a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it was proven. Um, I don't know, to answer your question about why a team like Michigan would feel the need, um, but I guess when you're maybe you know, paranoid... You well, know, there was no reason for Nixon. 
Well, okay. The, yeah. To, to bust in the water gate because he had about a 60% yeah, approval. Yeah, yeah. He had a 60% approval, and uh, it was easily going to skate through the next election. And, uh, you know, they get a little they get a little to the point where they, I can never be caught. And that's sort of the downfall of most people. But I go back to one time with the Steelers. You know, Chuck, when we first moved into Three Rivers Stadium, that's way back in the day, and uh, they had... That looked over the field, there was a, a club that people come in for dinner and lunch and obviously during, sit during a ball game. And it was the Allegheny Club. Mm-hmm. And Chuck would, uh, when we played Cleveland, he would arrange with the people in the Allegheny Club, anybody who came for lunch, because they were, you know, we were practicing on the field, mm-hmm. so you could watch the practice from the Allegheny Club. Right. He said whenever we played Cleveland, he made sure that everybody up in the, in the club knew, keep all restaurant Patriot off to the side. Do not allow them to watch. Put them where in an angle where they cannot watch practice. Because he knew that a couple of people from Pittsburgh who were big, I won't mention their names, but they were big Cleveland fans uh-huh. and they were coming in there to check things out for Ooh. who knows what that wow. <laughs> strange things that would happen back in the day. But you're right, you know, and the thing is it's not only, it's, it's always, I mean, like a guy like Belichick or a guy like Harbaugh. I mean, but even college basketball over the years, we saw it with John Calipari. We saw it with Rick Pitino. These guys, you know, they, for some reason, they feel the need to get that upper hand by doing things that are not legal. And and I blame, at least in college sports, I blame the a very weak NCAA. I, you know. Well, the NCAA has been around, but they've really never been around. Right. They, they, they don't really penalize anybody. And, and I think we, I think you're going to see almost the demise of the of the NCAA because of these power conferences that are that are coming up now, and uh, they're just going to take over, and the NCAA is going to sort of just you know get phased out and um, right off into the sunset. And you know you think about what now there's something going to happen to Michigan. Yeah, you know there's going to be some kind of penalty, but then when you really look at it, what the NCAA all they can do is penalize you on the regular season and the bowl games. Well, right now, Michigan is ranked number one or two yeah. by some different polls. But they're going to be in the playoffs. You know, I think they have no, no problem beating Ohio State. So they're going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that is not governed by the NCAA. So Michigan mm-hmm. could, could be banned from regular season games. Right. They could still play in the playoffs. Play in, the, in that playoffs. Because that's, not, that's under their own it's guidance. Not that, sanctioned. In its, and so that would be an interesting situation. Championship series would be the... And there's a lot of rumors that maybe this is Harbaugh's last year in college. So. Well, I think we hear those rumors every year. I mean, it's interesting. It must be exhausting being a Michigan fan because going through that every year would be annoying. I, I think, you know, a couple of years ago it was Minnesota, and then it was this. So who knows? But yeah, listen, they are a very good team. We know that. Uh, why, you know, they're, they're always, you know, with the old saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's always seems to be smoke around this guy. So. And there's going to be fire coming up here. Yeah. It's, just a matter of, it's just a matter of how they temper it. That's, yeah. I think that's the, the real thing. I mean, what, you know, they self-imposed three-game sanction, and the NCAA probably did thank you because they, they didn't have the rule on something like that. But we, you know, we knew the three games that uh, you and I could have gone out there and coached Michigan <laughs> without knowing any of the players. Just 
make sure the bus got to the field and you're going to win those three games. That's right. And to your point, I agree about the NCAA as, as a dying entity because, you know, years ago I, I was the vice president of the National Football Foundation College Hall of Fame, and I thought by now it would have happened. I thought what's actually happening now, you know, with the, with the conferences realigning and the super conference being formed, that this would – because let's, let's be honest about it, college football – Drives athletics. It drives. It's above college basketball. I'm sorry if anybody's offended. It's above, you know, water polo. All these other sports exist because you know at, at the big schools, college football brings in the money. Now, uh, you know, I think you know the NCAA is, is something where these schools, when once they form the super conference, the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, right? It, it's going to be like, okay, we can govern ourselves. We'll hire our own. You know, executive director, our own people to manage. And you know what? We'll say to the NCAA, you can go manage the schools like Rhode Island, Iona, Sacred Heart, Fairfield. You know, that will be what the NCAA becomes. The bigger schools where the real money is being made, just my opinion, I think the NCAA will, they're going to push the NCAA out. Well, I agree 100%, but the the realignment really bothers me a bit because you're going to have all these, you're going to have you know, that right now there used to be five power conference. Now you're down. You you, you lost the Pac-12, yep. Pac-10, whatever the hell they call themselves. Pac-2 now. Pac, yeah, Pac-2 <laughs> we're down to. But you can have four conferences. They're going to be. You know, I don't even know how many teams are in there. There's 15, 20 teams in each conference. Yeah, there's no need and, to put a number near them. Yeah. And it's just it's going to. You know, everybody said, okay, now we're all going to go in. And we're all going to get fifty million dollars. Okay, you know, that sounds all good. That's utopia there. Mm-hmm. But now, all of a sudden, you're going to see that, you know, the, we'll t- pick out a couple conferences there where you've got your Michigan and you got your Ohio State in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. Mm-hmm. Then in the SEC, you have your Georgia and you have your Alabama. Mm-hmm. Who draw, you know, they're the four biggest names in those two yeah. conferences. So, all of a sudden, it's going to come along and say, well, you know, we draw all the people. Yeah. We make all the money in our conference. Right. What's going to happen to the lower part of that, that conference. Right. They're going to start, instead of everybody getting 50, you're going to have the Alabamas of the world and the Michigans of the world going to say, we should get more money. It probably should because they try, attract the most attention. So they're, they're going to say, we want 20 and, or we want 80 and give you 20. Yeah. You know, I just don't, I don't know where it's going to go, but, and I don't think it's going to go good for the bottom half of, of any conference. Right. The only thing, the only argument you can make is that they need teams to play. So they need that con- that that alignment, that conference to to keep those teams engaged because they can't just keep playing each other, right? So, and that's why you have things. Listen, there's a reason why Michigan plays Appalachian State, or that, or that you know, you, you say to yourself, why would a school like Appalachian State or any lower level school go play a Michigan or even a Notre Dame or a Florida or a Georgia? Well, the reason is they get a pretty big paycheck at the end of the day to walk away. It's called the guarantee. No matter what happens in the game. And that's why it's always a double whammy when, you know, you remember App State beat Michigan a few years ago. That they did at the and, big, at the big at, house. In the big house. And that, and they walked away with like a $2 million check and a win. So it's, you know, that's not a bad day for Appalachian State. But that happens once every 20 years. So, it happens, so you can't rely yeah. on something like that. It's, it's, that's going to really help promote football. Right. At all levels. And I think it's, it's going to be, you may even see it in several years from now where the bottom half of these conferences break off into their own conference. They might. You're right. And I, mean, I don't think we've seen the end of this. And I don't. It, it, you go back and you feel sorry, you know, because you you had the presidents and the and the athletic directors make these moves, and I think they made horrible moves on the West Coast, 
where UCLA and Southern Cal were, are obviously wonderful schools. They have wonderful athletic programs for many, many years. Yep. And they jumped at a Big Ten, and that just, they caused a panic. Yes. First of all, they panicked. You know, they should have gone out, got themselves like a, a Goldman Sachs or BlackRock, mm-hmm. and said, go negotiate a deal with a conference. Because obviously the, the, the president of their conference couldn't get it done. He promised right. the coaches, I'm going to get this TV contract. He didn't, didn't pull his weight and, and didn't, he came back with nothing. So you hire someone that's in the business of negotiating contracts, you know, a big brokerage firm. And they will go out and they'll get you the money you deserve. But just to jump to the Big Ten, those two teams, then to have everybody else just say, we got to go now because our, our two anchors left the conference. Right. So, you know, that's just that's what happened. And they just, just start floating off. You know, you're going to have... You're going to have uh, teams like Southern Cal coming to Maryland to play volleyball. Right. Now, how do you expect to make, boy, you're not, you try to cut your losses because it's going to be tremendous. All these non-revenue sports are going to cost a fortune just to just to transport them and, and house them and feed them, you know, in different parts of the country. But out there, they can, you know, take bus rides and they get take a plane up to Oregon and Washington and stuff like that. But yeah. now you're going to be traveling to Rutgers. You're going to be traveling to Maryland. That's a long trip. That is a long trip. It's uh, it's going to be very interesting, and that's you're right because let's let's not forget. First and foremost, these are student supposed to be student athletes. You know, a lot of a lot of people. I think, especially in, in college basketball, it's reverse. They're most of them are athlete students. So another conversation for another day. Let's let's continue in the college space and let's talk NIL, name, image, likeness. Name, image, and likeness. Probably the three three worst words in, in the English language at this point, because you know I sort of I like to look at how the the makeup of a college athlete. You know, he starts in high school, and I think the worst thing that these that ever happened to these kids they go to these camps and all of a sudden they're three star, star, four star, five star. You make them good before they're really good, and then, you know, you have that level. Now I'm hearing a rumor. I don't know. It's not nothing confirmed yet that a lot of these athletes, these five-star athletes, are charging schools five grand just to show up to their school. So that's that's another show we're going to do down down the road here. Yeah. But it takes a lot of money to get these kids into a school, number one. Right. Then you have to educate them. You have to, every kid has, and I had them, everybody has tutors. Those people cost money to you know, make sure that they get through through each school year. Then you have the, the coaches that you pay to teach these kids. You put them on national TV. You give them all the the the, the, uh, the wonderful coaching and education they can get. Not all of a sudden, you know, you're supposed to pay these kids. Mm-hmm. It costs them a fortune to put them to these different levels. Yeah. And it's the ultimate. You, you give them a platform to show their talents to the NFL to make the league. And with all this going on, you still have to keep in the back of your mind that less than 1% make it to the NFL. Right. So it's still going to cost you a fortune to do all this. But if you don't, if you leave that school without a diploma, you've really lost everything. And you're not going to the NFL. And at the end of the day, I guess you and I foolishly thought, you know, the biggest piece of this was an education for it. And, and clearly, not, that's not true for everybody. And we saw it, and it started with college basketball again, with the one and done, 
You know, they yeah. weren't they weren't student. They weren't there for a degree. They were there to play basketball for a semester, get eligible because that was the NCAA. Well, so that's what the NBA said they had to do. And then once they did that and were eligible for the NBA, off they went. And a lot of them didn't make it there either, too. So, so we have an issue now with this NIL where students, you know, student athletes are being paid. Uh, it has been, you know, it's gone against the stream of, of what, you know, the NCAA had, had said for years that the student athlete is basically, you know, an amateur athlete, an amateur, you know, and that's an amateur, amateurs don't get paid. At least in this country they hadn't. So now you have people, Making a lot of the kid from the Caleb Williams. I think he's making $3 million this year. Well, the Arch Manning in Texas is the second or third quarterback. He's a no. freshman, though. They're no. grooming him, but he's making $8 million a year. And the quarterback in Notre Dame, I think he's making around four. And, uh, you know, the, again, you know, you look at the NFL and you see these, all these, the top tier are right. making all the money. You know, it's a great yeah. living, believe me, no matter how, how where you live. Yeah. But in college, all of a sudden, you got these top couple guys on each team making a lot of money. What happens to that right guard, left guard, center that's protecting that quarterback to make all his money? So right. These kids are not making much, the, the linemen. I mean, it's only the top tier, the top 1% making all, making all the money. So it's, and I just don't want it to get to the point where the university, if they can, you know, because all this NIL money is coming in from, from alumni. It's right. not that universities at this point are not paying anything for these kids to get you know, for their NIL money. It's, a, it's another pool of money where these kids are they're filtering it through different charitable organizations or different appearances or whatever. And uh, I just don't want to get to the point where the, the, the alumni pool dries up, then the coaching staff's going to come to the university yeah. and say, we need money from you because, you know, we don't have any money in this pool, yeah. but we've got to get these kids paid to get them into school here to, you know, to better our program. And the, the schools are going to say, okay, if we have to do this, yeah. then we can't afford to educate them. And that's going to be the, the problem because, like I said earlier, that one, less than 1% go to the NFL. Now you get to the point where you going to give these kids a few dollars, but we can't educate them. Yeah. You're going to push them right through. And get away with no diploma, no NFL. Where am I last? Where am I now? Exactly, and it's a big problem for the colleges because you're right. You know, colleges exist really to educate not just student athletes but students. And so when a coach comes out, we had just recently had a coach come out and say, I don't know if it's saving, but somebody like that. They said, you know, instead of giving money for that building on campus, give money to the to the NIL program, which they have. They all have this collective. So give money to the collective so that we can buy the better players. What is that saying to the student who is just going to school because they want to get an education? Now, you won't build a building and get better in your science, in your math, in your business, in, in, you know, so, or, the, or keep the technology up to date because you want to buy a player for a football team. Listen, I love football. You love football. At the end of the day, you know, this is going to a bad place, and it's, you know, and it's going there very fast. And I never thought it would get to this point. I really didn't. I thought yeah. it would. I thought that I th- knew there was always going to be some tinkering, because you know when I back in my day, you know we we didn't have to go to summer school. Now these kids have to go to summer school, yeah. so you can't you couldn't work in the off season, nope. or uh, you know after or after the school year, yeah. because you have to go to summer school. Back in my day, we used to work construction, earn some money, so we can go to school and have some. Uh, you know, 
you know, some pizza money hanging yeah, around there. But right. now these kids have no money. I right. mean, some of these yeah. kids, you know, are destitute like I was in the day. I needed that extra money to give a little shot. We had, I worked construction back then. Yeah. Now these kids are going to summer school and lifting weights and uh, playing football summer long. It's going to take some bright people to figure it out to get it, you know, back on track if, the, if it can be. And I'll tell you, I, as a former person that worked for the Football Foundation, I felt then, and I feel now, that the Football Foundation should be taking a stronger step in in, 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 in policy and helping people navigate you know, the realities of this and try to get things back. And I, that's just my feeling. The Football Foundation, you know, for years has done a great job honoring the greats of the game with the College Football Hall of Fame, honoring the student-athlete from high school into college. But I think they should be really taking the bull by the horns here and going... After after the NCA and after this football deal, this NIL deal, but there's one more thing we need to touch on, and it kind of is part and parcel with everything: the transfer portal. The transfer portal. Now, last year there were three thousand kids in the transfer portal. Now, if you don't get taken in that transfer portal, yep. you're out of luck because the school you just left doesn't want you back, and you couldn't find another soft landing somewhere, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, now you know you have no <clears throat> excuse me mm-hmm. the kids have no no place to go they have mm-hmm. you know we have a couple of kids in our day one you know one transferred out to, to Arizona State one transferred out to Alabama and they're, and they're both sitting on the bench at their their schools now when they could be could be at, at Notre Dame and trying to earn a position and what what gets me is that you know what are we teaching our younger kids yeah our kids we're te- and once you get a tough situation, you run. Right. No, when you get into a tough situation, because there's going to be much more difficult situations down in your lifetime than whether I'm getting more snaps on the football field. And you don't, you want them at that time to sit there and, and work harder and try to work through all that as opposed to jumping and running. Yeah. So I think the, the message we're, we're sending with this uh, portal you know, there's obviously some good, good situations where maybe kids are in really bad situations. They need to get a need to get a second look. Yeah. But to have three thousand kids, and this is just getting started with this with this transfer portal. Yeah. Now, when these kids start seeing this stuff, they're going to go even further because they're seeing all this nil money out there, yeah. and they think that 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 uh, grass is much greener at every other school. Yeah. And I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And, and, and it's sad because I think it. You know, the, the bottom line, we have to look out for the student-athlete. Right. And I don't think many people right now are doing that. I agree, and I think I said it to you before we came on uh, the podcast, is that, you know, I think a kid gets ticked off because the coach benched him, or he's not getting the playing time he thinks he should get, and it's just too easy. I'm going to go in transfer portal. I'm going to leave. Instead of figuring it out or working harder to, to do what, you know, the coach wants you to do, it's a big problem. I think I think it's a mess. All right, with all that said, and we can't, you and I can't solve all the world's ills today, um, Notre Dame hosts Pittsburgh on Saturday. Uh, Pittsburgh comes in at 2-5, and five, but could be a dangerous game for the Irish. 5-2. Um, are they 5-2? Oh, you mean, I'm sorry, uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, I thought you were Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, no, Notre Dame is 6-2. and two, Yeah, uh, Pitt, Pitt is 1-2. One, one, yeah. But they're always, Pittsburgh is always difficult for Notre Dame. For some reason, even back in, in my day, they were always a tough, a tough out yeah. when they want to play. And, you know, they they uh, had a quarterback, Phil Dracovic, who played at Notre Dame, who I I know personally, and I thought he'd, you know, do a lot better than what's going on because I think he's had a real rough ride so far through college football. But but they, they've transferred that. And, uh, and 
Yeah. John, so, I gotta leave her. Sorry. Terry's a popular guy. Folks, yeah, everybody so. calling <laughs> on the phones and all this stuff. But no, I think I think what scares me is when you're coming. You know, we needed the buy. Yeah. And. Uh, but coming off a bike could be one way or the other. You right. could really come out storming, or you could come out flat as a pancake. And if you come out flat as a pancake, Pitt had some pretty tough ball players. Yeah. And I think uh, they could cause some problems. So I think the first quarter is going to be the real telltale. If we come out strong, I think we'll be fine. Okay. But if not, we're going to have a dogfight. There you go. All right. We'll look forward to that. We'll look forward to uh, next week's podcast. Terry, good job. David, good to see you again. Hanratty's Huddle and Terry Hanratty, and thank you for listening.